1: Sport city, sport city, shep, chef, chef, Sport city, sport city, shep, shep. Sport city, sport city, shep, chef, chef. Sport city, sport city. Chef. Yes, Lord, we got a brand new present, Joe Biden, we riding. I pray you heaven sent. Word from the wise, my people stay ahead of. Come on. I've been relevant, trying to survive the elements. It ain't no love in these streets, these dudes telling it, Case goes from cold to hot state.
2: The cat. Uh, 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 uh. uh, took off the blazer, loosened up the tie, stepped aside, the kitchen. Timeless is alive. Sports City, we are in the dead middle of May, and I'm telling you, as it warms up around the world, well, on the western hemisphere side of the world. Uh It's warming up in the sport world as well. Welcome to the Sports City Chef. Y'all could have been anywhere else in the world, but y'all are here with us. There's a lot of stuff to get into from the ice. To the hardwood, even to the scheduling and the gridiron. There's so much to get into. Let's get this word from the sponsor and we'll get into the show. This portion
1: of our program is brought to you by PHI Apparel Company. PHI Apparel Company provides unique designs and high quality clothing for the great fans of the Philadelphia area. With their original designs for all, there's no doubt that they'll stand out in the crowd. Act Now and listeners can use the promo code CHEFS For 15% off any apparel when you shop online at phiapparel.co. That's phiapparel.co. Remember to use the promo code CHEFS for 15% off. Act now while supplies last.
2: Yes, check out PHI Apparel. Everything is going on in the city of Philadelphia, from the Super Bowl to the World Series. And right now, the semifinals to head toward an Eastern Conference final, all eyes are on the city of Philadelphia. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there, um, especially to my family, all of the women in my in my bloodline. Happy Mother's Day to all of you, even to my earth, my mom that created me too. Happy Mother's Day to her as well. Um, this is a significant week for me because not only is it Mother's Day, this is also my grandmother's birthday and my father's birthday as well, so this is a very big week for me. My grandmother's passed on, so has my father, too, so this is all huge to me for this week right now. So just deal with me. I'm on an emotional roller coaster, but it's all right. I will survive. Okay, so let me get into this as best. Okay, I do have my co-host in the building calling in from the Midwest region of the United States. I have Michael Harvey in the building. Mike, welcome to the
3: brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Thank good morning, sir, and today I'm actually in the 1-5, which represents the phone number and everything, so uh, in Nash, Vegas this weekend, um, spent some time with some friends or whatever, but uh, I echo your sentiments, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, mothers in and, and out there, my my mother as well, rest in power, uh, but you know, hey, it's a special day, looking forward to what we're going to get into, because I I get to talk something this morning, y'all. You know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, man, thanks for having me. Good morning. Oh, so what's the excitement? Tell,
2: tell me what's going on. What, what you got on your
3: mind? Uh, well, well, trust me, it's coming. You got the topics coming up. It's coming. I, I, I'm just
2: waiting. <laughs> oh, 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 okay, okay. So I gotta be, I gotta be Mugsy bow. I gotta be Tyrone Bowles. I can't be talking Powell today. I gotta, I gotta be credible. Okay. So, so <laughs> first thing, I'll get to the. Uh, the appetizers as best as I possibly can, and then get to the meat and potatoes, the entree, because I know that's what he is all smiling about. And I, I can feel it. I can feel it from wherever he is in the United States of America. Okay, so people, I don't even know how to deal with this topic that I'm going to get into, but I'm going to do it the best that I can, and this is the diamond, right? And um my boys are doing what they can. They got me gritting my teeth every day. But I'm going to talk about one of my boys when I get to us. And I'm in love with him. <laughs> and I'm going to end up buying his jersey, how good this guy is doing. So let me start from the NL West. In the NL West, the Dodgers are top. They are 25 and 15 at this point. The Diamondbacks are right behind them with 22 and 18. They are three games back. The San Diego Padres are 19 to 21, six games back. The San Francisco Giants are 17 to 21. Excuse me, 17 to 22. They are seven and a half games back. The Colorado Rockies are 16-24. They are nine games back, in which I got to see this closely with the San Diego Padres. They are two games back from 500. and um, I was actually concerned a few days ago because they were in Minneapolis playing the Twins. I got to see this offense firsthand, and um, if they get it together, because I know that they're just trying to start the joke 'cause because they just got Tati Jr. back from the suspension. If they can gel and put this together, that is a dynamic offense. They are almost like the National League version of, like, the Yankees. They are a murderous road. You've got to deal with the middle of that lineup as best as you can. Um, but they are under 500 right now. They're in the middle of the West. The Diamondbacks are successful, more successful at this point in time, and the Dodgers are always a thoroughbred team in the NL West. Um, Mike, your thoughts on those
3: teams right now out of the NL West top to bottom? talk of the Dodgers demise <clears throat> may have been a little too soon. Uh, you know, the, the, you better get the Dodgers this year too, though, because they still kind of figuring some things out. Uh, you know, guy, guys like James Altman and Vargas and those guys, that, the lineup, they're going to be getting Walker Bueller back next year, too. So, you know, the Dodgers took a step back, and then they lost their shortstop uh, for the year and Gavin Bucks in spring training. So they look like this is the year to be, you know, that they can be had and maybe they still can be, uh, but their demise, like I said, I think that discussion was a little bit premature by a lot of us in the baseball world. Um, I am still impressed with Arizona. I think that's a fun young team to watch play. And for those that, you know, haven't really been seeing him, uh, Zach Gallen is special. He's been traded a couple of times. But at the top of that Arizona rotation, Zach Gallen is the truth uh, for real, and uh, I agree with you about San Diego. You know, Tatis missed the first twenty some odd games. He's just now getting back. At the end of the day, the question with San Diego is going to be: Can they pitch enough past Darvish? Can Snell settle down? Can you know Seth Lugo maintain at the back of that rotation? Michael Walker. Can they pitch enough? Uh, to get it done because they're going to be able to score runs with anybody. Um, so at the end of the day, I think those are the three teams that have a chance to contend San Francisco's uh, performed a little bit better than I expected them to, but I think they'll eventually fade. And then, you know, we, we talked about the Rockies. They just kind of sitting back there.
2: This is the thing about San Francisco. I think they're still going to be a work in progress. Of course, they're, they're going to be a tough out every time they come to a diamond, but um. I still feel like they are working, probably due to the fact that they tried to get Judge and Correa, and they weren't successful in getting those names there. Um, and once they get names there to try to like fill that lineup as, as strong as they used to be, at least at least through the 2010s when they had the bodies there, that's when I feel like they can get 10 in the West. Right now, they they're going to be competitive in division play, whether they especially when they play the Dodgers. I don't care what the record looks like, the Dodgers and the Giants always go at it. But right now, the Diamondbacks have been playing some surprising baseball up until this point, and um, like I said, from the Dodgers, from what I got to see firsthand, like batter after batter, from Mikado, Soto, Tatis Jr., Crowenworth, these they have a nice lineup that they can they make a pitcher work. They're gonna make a pitcher work. I'm I'm proud of what the Twins were able to do, especially when I we they got shocked that first game, that first game that they lost. I was like, I don't know how they're gonna be able to do it. And Tatis was hitting the ball well too. So if they can get their stride and um, get past – and that's the one thing I give the NOS. There's some good pitching within that division. But just like you did say, Mike, if the if the project pitching can actually hold up outside of Darvish – and Darvish let go of some games too, but if they can actually put together the strong strength – well, at least two starters that can get them two every series. Like if, if they got, you know, a three-game series, if they could just steal two here or there, they're successful because at least they're getting, the, you know, two-thirds of the, uh, the series. But their offense is there. Their offense is there. For me to see it firsthand for those first couple of games, they are a, a, a poor man's murder as well. I'm going to give them that. Um, moving to the National League Central, the Milwaukee Brewers are 22-17 and 17 atop the division. The Pittsburgh Pirates, surprisingly, are second, 21 and 21-19, a game and a half back. The Cubs are 19-20, three games back. The Cincinnati Reds are 18-21, four games back. And, again, the St. Louis Cardinals are 15-25 to, to seven-and-a-half games back, uh, bringing up the rear of that division. Um, looking at the situation within the Central, the Brewers are up and down, but they are hanging on to the situation. I do not think the Pirates would have this success, but they are pulling it together slowly to remain above 500. i I'm hoping that they can withstand this. Uh, the Cubs are in Minnesota in a rubber match today. They won the first game. The Twins won the second one. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I'm just I'm shocked that the Cardinals are off to a slow start like this. I don't know if they'll pick themselves off the ground or get out of the cellar. They may be able to catch Cincinnati. I don't know, but right now it's, it's just a questionable start at this point in time. They're five and five out of their last ten, but they are on a two-game winning streak at this point in time. Uh, Mike, any team that you like to speak on or teams in the NFL Central?
3: So looking at this Central Division. The crazy thing is, it was just two weeks ago, Pittsburgh was 20-7. and And then they run into the American League beast that is the Eastern Division. So they had Toronto, they had Tampa, they had Baltimore, whatever. They ran into the East. And they got smacked around. Uh, This is still a a team that has much more optimism than I think a lot of people expected them to have, you know, at the quarter pole of the season. And they represented themselves well. And, you know, they kept Brian Reynolds trying to keep some guys around. This is a a division, though, that is anybody's for the taking, in my opinion. Like you said, Milwaukee kind of up and down. I feel like with uh, Burns and Peralta, and if they can get Woodruff back, like they're pitching – It's probably going to separate them, and they're doing fine uh, offensively. I still think the Mitchell injury hurt them, right? But, uh, you know, I I think they're probably clear favorites in there, uh, but the Cubs are at least going to show up and and sort of be there, but uh, make no mistake, this is a one, only one team out of this division is going to be a playoff team. uh, Quite clearly, I believe. And even with all the playoff spots. So, uh, St. Louis, man, they got to get it together. And, the sad thing about it is I was reading some stories this week, and they're putting a ton of blame on Wilson Contreras and even taking him away from being behind the plate a lot. And they're like, you know, we think he's a lot of the reason why. No, the the reason why is you got a bunch of three and four starters, a bunch of back-of-the-rotation guys. You don't have a legit ace anymore, and you're pinning your hopes on a 82-year-old Adam Wainwright – and uh, who's who's now got three speeds of pitches, slow, slower, and slowest. Uh, I mean, he's crafty. You know, if he was a best-hander, they would call him a junk baller, right? Uh, you know what I'm saying? But um, you don't have frontline pitching. And Wilson Contreras was an offensive catcher. He had a reputation for being an offensive catcher when you first brought him in. He's got a rocking arm. He can throw people out. But he is not Yadier Molina, who might have been, who may be one of the best catchers ever of this generation. So whoever was going to follow him was not going to handle the pitching staff the same way, and it wasn't going to be the same uh, dynamic. I think Contreras is kind of being made a scapegoat here. Uh, It's interesting because the St. Louis Cardinals have this reputation for being this great organization and a winning organization, and they do win pretty much year in and year out. And they develop plenty of back. They got lots of that. Uh, but I have not seen them really be able to home grow their own pitching. And at the end of the day, you still got to be able to get people out and their inability to do so consistently has caused them to fall in the standings. I don't, they're not going to finish there. I got to think they're going to go on a run and get out of that basement at some point. But uh it is starting to look real interesting because the other thing that i will say is you're starting to see some of this youth movement with the reds too you got another couple guys right on the verge of coming up Nick Sinzel's has finally been healthy they put him back in his natural position at third base he was something like 322 in his last 16 games or something um some of those young arms they taking some the, they taking some lumps but they getting that major league experience and they got they got some good dynamic arms and some more on the way the youth movement is underway in Cincinnati, too, so uh, don't sleep on the Reds. They're going to be a problem in the future, maybe not this year. Uh, and I, like I said, I expect St. Louis to climb out, but it's a steeper climb than anybody anticipated for that team. And right now, to me, timeless, St. Louis has to be, at, at, at the quarter pole of the season, St. Louis has to be the most disappointing team in Major League Baseball.
2: Woo. One of one of, I'll give you that. I, I, I got to go through the rest of the league before I say that. But that is that's a fair statement. But I'll get to one coming in the next two divisions. Uh, give me some time. This is I'm gonna debate that with you. I'm gonna debate that with you. Slow now, um, in which I am still watching the Cubs closely, especially because I'm my team's playing them now within the series. I'm a big Cody Bellinger fan. I really wish if we did not have buxton at the time and then ended up picking uh michael taylor i'd have definitely love to have cody somewhere in the outfield and um we weren't able to do that cody required a, a dumb amount of money and chicago was able to do that I, I wish that guy so well and his demeanor at the game he's so relaxed i, I like that i like that he has that that calm swagger he is he, it's, it, i really don't want to say cocky but he's almost there, and I really don't like super cocky players, but it's, he's calm about it, so I respect it. I, I do respect what Cody brings to the game. Um, National League East, uh, Mr. Harvey's team is still sitting atop the division, 25-14. and 14. The Philadelphia Phillies are five games back at 20-19. and 19. They have now caught up to the New York Mets, and Mets are now 19-20. Six games back, they are 3-7 and seven out of their last ten. The Miami Marlins are 19-21, uh, five and six-and-a-half games back, excuse me. And I'll get to this in a little bit. We're watching the Nationals round out the bottom of that division. They are 16-22. They are eight-and-a-half games back. Miami Marlins, I am severely mad at this situation. I'm going to be mad until the end of time on this situation, until it kind of burns up and just drives away they were able to finesse a, t- a trade between the Twins with Luis Arreas and Lopez, the pitcher. The Marlins want that trade badly. Lopez is struggling pitching, and Luis Arreyas is still the best batter in baseball. He doesn't hit with power. He's not a power hitter. He's not slapping home runs out of the park. This dude is barely outside of batting four hundred right now. I repeat. He is outside batting 400 right now. And you, you, how do you trade a batting champ? How do you trade somebody that is leading the league and still doing it in Miami on a team that is suffering? Like, I get it. We needed pitching. Lopez is a, a pitcher at the time that was doing work in the Nelson League, but he's not doing that much damage in the AL. I, I just don't understand. I would, I would have rather kept the Reyes. I would have kept the Reyes, even though I love Jorge Polanco. I, I like the pickup of Farmer. Farmer is a good player. But, I, there's no way I'm getting rid of And, and the Rams plays all over the field. You have him at second, first. He played outfield a couple You can play him anywhere. He could beat DH. Forget playing him. He could be DH. But Miami, I, I applaud you on how you were able to fleece the Twins. I, I I still think the Twins lost that one, even though Lopez is a part of the rotation. But he's getting questionable start after questionable start. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the National League East before we get away from it, which your boy's doing work. And Pete Alonso actually hitting the ball well too for the Mets at this point in time. Mike, can you hear me? I I don't know if you can hear me at all. I
3: can't, man. My bad. I was talking on mute. Um, nah. So looking at this division, man, like the first of all the Braves. It's a good thing they got some depth cause how many times we had this conversation about you can never have enough pitching. Uh, now Fry, now Max Freed's out, now Kyle Wright's out, um, Ian Anderson went under the knife for Tommy John. Um, so, you know, they got a bullpen game today, their second one of the week. Uh, so how are they going to handle this rash of injuries to their starting rotation? This was a, a spot that you really thought was definitely the strength, um, of this team. And now, not necessarily so so much. They still got Strider and they got some guys, but they're taking some lumps in Toronto. But they hold their own against the AL East. Um, you know, I, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, but Austin Riley's got to break out of that slump too. You're right, Alonzo's hitting the ball. Uh, we saw a vintage Verlander performance this week. Uh, pitched really well earlier this week. Surgeon's coming back today, so we'll see what we get out of him. As far as the Mets being there, I think Philly's just kind of trying to keep their head above water until they really catch Stride, because. You got Harper, and you got all those pieces there, and then Miami, Miami, Miami. Like, um, you know, I talked about him last year multiple times, and you and I talked about Arias, uh plenty of times. Love that guy. And the the crazy thing about it is, TP, when you mentioned that, he is exactly what the Twins need right now. They need an on base machine and a table center. He is exactly what that team needs, and they trade him. They tried to bring Ever Julian up, and and they tried to do some other stuff to make this work, uh, but it's it. You know, we'll, we'll get to the twins, but I just feel like that that he's exactly uh, what the twins need in that lineup, and and now they're seeing him rake uh, in in Miami. You know, and and Luis Arias is maybe the the best pure uh, bat to ball hitter in the game, right? Like like you said, right at four hundred. Uh, and for anybody who had never really seen him a whole lot, and he, listen, if you catch the some Marlins somewhere, watch this guy hit. Uh, he's entertaining. He's And he can play anywhere. He's not a great defender, but he can play about anywhere on the field. But, listen, his bat plays in any order against any pitcher. Uh, <laughs> and I got him on a couple of my fantasy teams because the one thing I can always count on is a rise. He'll give me a hit or two every day. And then Lopez did the same thing he did last year. He was great for April, microscopic ERA. And then he started coming back down to earth. So, uh, the Marlins have a ton of young arms. If if Soler starts to hit, and Chisholm realizes some of his potential, if this team can hit at all, they're going to be in the conversation. So I'm telling them, anybody: the Braves, Mets, Phillies are uh, the three the three headed monster that was expected to be at the top of that division. Y'all yeah, better not mess around let the uh let the marlins hang around too long like the whole saying goes f around and find out like uh you know that but there's only one team right now in this division that has a positive run differential and that's the braves so uh you know we'll see i just don't even
2: like talking about loser it just like burns me like like i feel like i got branded with like a a hot iron like i just don't like talking about it and this is probably the only team that I could ever think of that trades the batting chip after they win the batting title, like the twins. Like, don't, don't let me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get there. Don't, don't, you just wait. You just wait. Calling out of California. We have an oldie, but goodie chef breaking news. Brian Hughes is in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? What well, is good boys.
0: It is good to talk to you. Ty. It is good to hear your voice. Uh, it's a beautiful morning man it's uh uh happy mother's day to uh all, all the moms out there listening and uh just feel blessed to uh to be able to spend a few minutes with you
2: boys okay i'm gonna i'm gonna feed you in a little bit you just you just sit tight i'm gonna i'm gonna get to this in a little bit i'm gonna hype you up in a little bit but first and foremost i'm i really think yeah i'm 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 gonna play around with it but next we have the AL West, right? And I think Brian's team is out here. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure. He might I might be wrong. But to lead the division at this point in time, the Texas Rangers are twenty-four and fifteen. The Angels are twenty one and nineteen, they're three and a half back. The Mariners are twenty and nineteen, they're four back. The Astros are twenty and nineteen tied with them four back. And the Oakland A's are nine and thirty two. They are sixteen games back. Mike, this is the team that I debate with you, that they are the most disappointing team in Major League Baseball. Forget the AL. Forget the AL West in the Major League. One of my coworkers that I work with now, um, he had a deal to go break out there in Oakland. He just told me this just happened. He went to Oakland, where the deal was, was literally in that industrial area where the A's play, He said the deal was over. He said, forget it. Let me just go catch a game. He went to the Oakland A's game. He paid $19. Guess where he was sitting? He was 15 rows behind home plate, right? He said he paid more to park his car than to pay for the ticket at the game. You mean to tell me that this is a major league baseball team? They are the only team in the league with single-digit wins. At this point in time, in the middle of May. This is this is beyond disappointment. Well you hey, I'll give it to you. You wanna say St. Louis is disappointing, <laughs> then Oakland is is bigger than disappointing. They could have that title all they want. The A's, I it just it just bothers me. Right, I think you're a are you a Dodger or a an Angel fan? I really thought you were an Angel fan. Are you a Dodger or an Angel fan?
0: No, I'm an Angels fan. I'm an Angels fan. Okay.
2: Listen, the, okay. the, the start
0: I... the start Oakland had is um, it's disappointing. <laughs> don't, don't don't get me wrong, but I think you'd be hard pressed not to be very disappointed if you're a Houston fan as well. I mean this this is a this is a team that year in and year out wins 105 plus games every year and is usually either represented in the World Series or is um a team that is, you know, uh in the in the conference championship. So um I understand they're hovering around five hundred. I understand they're only a couple games back. But if you've just watched how they've played this year, it hasn't looked good. Um and and not not as disappointing, but I mean we also heard a lot of talk about how Seattle was the up and coming team, the next hot thing um, and they haven't looked great either. So, I mean, this division as a whole, um, as you know, Ty, uh, has not looked great, um, other than Texas. Um, even, even my angels, um, you know, look good for a couple games and then look lost. So, I mean, we're what 40 games in and, um, Texas already has a three and a half game lead. Um, they've, they definitely look like the most consistent team in this division. Uh, consistency, unfortunately, is probably going to win
2: out. I'm stunned that the Rangers are doing this type of work at this point in time. Um, in which, I have to be fair to the Astros, they lost Verlander. That's a picture that they at least could have. I'll be fair. Two. two to four wins at this point in time. At least two to four wins to the total at this point in time. I got to be fair to the Astros. And they're dealing with injuries, too, uh, Altuve and them. Uh, Off of that lineup. So, and and for them to be above 500, I gotta respect Dusty to at least hold it together while they are dealing with this at this point in time. The critical question that I do have for you as an Angel fan: I was reading the article this week. You guys are heavily in situation where you will end up probably losing Otani. They're saying Otani could bring in 600 million dollars on his next contract. If Trout is getting four they can't throw him six to put a billion in the two players. They have to do everything that they can to at least win or get to the playoffs to keep Otani there. It's going to be tough to make this happen. I, I wonder how this happens. And I'm going to go to Mike too. I, I, how do you, do you think you guys hold on to Otani at the end of this season?
0: Well, <clears throat> I'm, going to tell, I'm going to give you the same response that um, Artie Moreno, the owner, should give to uh, Otani and his agent, which is um, they should pay him exactly like the Yankees paid judge. Because like the song says, you do whatever it takes. um, He's worth it. Whether it's 500 million, 600 million, he's worth Mm -hmm. it. The the amount of revenue, it's not just the player. It's not just the fact that he's a two-way player that's, you know, both an MVP candidate as a hitter and a potential Cy Young candidate as a pitcher. Like, all that is great. Don't get me wrong. But he is an international superstar. I mean, the, the amount of butts that he puts in the seats of people that come over here, countries, um, is is insane. Like, truly. So the hard part is, the, 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 the reality is, um, yes, you pay him. Everything that I've heard, and, and once again, guys, this is all speculation, but everything that I've heard, um, Otani has lost confidence in the Angels' ability to put this team in a winning situation. I, I'll be honest with you. I'm surprised Mike Trout sound, signed his last deal. Um, I mean, yes, it was the money, but listen, it's Mike Trout. He could have got that money somewhere else. I, I don't. I honestly do not, do not think that Otani will re-sign with the Angels. I really don't. I think Otani signed with the Angels um, based off of his relationship at the time with our former general, general manager because he came from the New York system and we already had a prior knowledge of one another. And – um, I think that's definitely helped us, but I don't think he's going to resign. I really don't. I don't think that there's an amount, if they said they give him $600 million, I don't think he wants to be here. So the real question, Ty, is if you're hovering around 500 or within a couple games of making it to the playoffs, do you trade him? And I know that sounds blasphemous, but like you just said, are you really going to allow a superstar talent to walk out the door and get absolutely nothing in return. This is the Angels. This isn't the Yankees. This isn't a team that's able to replenish and restock their, you know, their coverage year in and year out. This This is the team. I love my team, but let's keep it real, has had one of the worst farm systems historically for like the last 20 years. So all that has to be taken into consideration. And while it's nice to see them a game over 500, there's a lot of times that this feels like the same old angels. It's, it, it feels like they're still struggling with pitching year in and year out. We need a pitcher. So what do we do? We bring in another bat like Rendon. We, you know, we need a pitcher. You know what? Uh, let's, let's bring in another bat. So I say all that just to say that's going to be the real question, because if you truly in-house do not think you have a chance to re-sign Otani, um, you know, even if you're a game or two out, do you really allow the Superstar just to walk away and you get absolutely nothing in return and just basically think to yourself, thanks for the memories? Um, that's going to be the tough part because they're within striking distance. They're three and a half teams back, I believe. And they're they're definitely within that, that, that push if they continue to stay there. But I'll tell you right now, this is a team that, very hit or miss you know they look great one day and then the next day they don't look great and just based off of watching baseball for a long time they don't the eyeball test tells me they're not a playoff team so that's what's going to be interesting to me as a fan it's so easy to get emotional and say hey you know what no we got to keep him we got to push for this playoff run but 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 do you really want to be left at the end of the season with nothing, which you could trade this guy at the trade deadline and get a haul back if, if you're not that close or if all of a sudden Houston starts to regain form or, or Seattle turns into the team we thought they were going to be this year. Or, or even let's just say Texas keeps on the same pace they're on, and by the All Star or by the uh, trade deadline, they're nine games up on everybody else. Do you continue to just plot away? I mean, that, all those questions, that's what really is going to make this team, super interesting.
2: All right. I'll, I'll give you Max Kepler. I'll give you Edward Julian. And I'll give you Jose Miranda for Otani. <laughs> <if> you... <laughs> I'm gutting my team for him right now. I'm cutting this team apart. <laughs> like, if y'all get rid of him, now Let, let's I'm
0: cutting. us up <laughs> what? Listen, I'm I
2: get, Yeah, I want Mike to go through. Yeah, I do want Mike to go, but yeah, I'm <laughs> this, I'm this, on
0: this just. Just keep keep in mind, this isn't one of those deals where there's going to be four other teams that like this guy. There's there, every other team realizes that Otani is an upgrade, whether it's in the rotation or whether it's sure. a bat. It's mm-hmm. you know, as much as we've seen big time studs. Uh, receive um, at the trade deadline, I think the, I think the package would be probably bigger than you would expect.
2: Okay, Mike, we we got a lot of food here at this table. Um, you, you heard what Brian said about the Angels, right? First, first and foremost, I don't think that they would... I I understand what he's going to say to give them every penny he will. I agree with it, right? But if Trout is already getting 400 and he gets 600, They're playing with, like, Little League players at Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Like, they they can't put a team together. And I agree with them. Every time they need something in the rotation, they go get another bat. I wanted to say something right when he was saying, but I didn't want to break up his dialogue. Um, Mike, your thoughts on the situation and also the debate that I brought to you. You said St. Louis was the most disappointing team. I think the Oakland A's are, especially with them having a single-digit win total at this point in time in the middle of May.
3: Okay, so uh, let me start there, and then I'll come back to the Angels real quick. Oakland is the worst team in baseball and the most uh, tragic story in baseball right now, okay? Um, and no ifs, ands, buts about it. Single-digit win total, as you said before. Um, but to me, the worst team in baseball are the most disappointing, I only say uh, that the Cardinals are the most disappointing because everybody had this team pegged, in the division and to be a legit contender in the National League. Not only win the Central, but legitimately challenge whoever comes out of the East and West for for National League supremacy. And so I say there, uh, I called the Cardinals that the most disappointing, but not the worst, uh, just because of the expectations uh, that a lot of people had on them going into the season. The question was, could the Brewers compete with the Cardinals in that division? Um, But most people had all projections across the board had the Cardinals projected. When people knew Oakland was going to be bad, I don't know if they knew they were going to be this bad, right? Uh, Now to Otani. I think the only way that he would possibly entertain staying is if the Angels somehow could miraculously win this division and be major players in the postseason this year. I don't know that they can do that with this roster as currently constructed. But I think that's the only way he possibly stays there. He is, and so it's not whether you're talking about a bat or in the rotation. He's an upgrade to both, right, for any team. The problem is unless you can have a situation where There's a window granted to figure out an extension. The package is probably not going to be as big as it should be because at the end of the day, um, if you don't know for sure that you're going to keep him, you can't gut your system for a rental player for two months. Regardless of how good he is, he's great. But if you don't have a window or you haven't figured out a way to make sure that you're going to sign him, And that hasn't been worked out. Then if the Angels are going to trade him to get anything back, the package is not going to be as big as breaking news, Brian Hughes says. Because at the end of the day, if you give up a ton to get him, you gut your system, and then he bolts and goes somewhere else, a team could set itself back a decade or more. For what? Maybe one World Series? Maybe? I mean, and it's some – is some mid-market teams that would would give their left arm or would mind setting their organization back for years about what the Florida Marlins did back in the day uh, in order to win a World Series, but most teams aren't willing to completely mortgage their entire future um, on one guy, just like I said to have him bolt. So if somehow an extension can be worked out or something like that can be negotiated, then I think uh, he's right about the package being way bigger than anybody expects. But if that's not the case, then maybe you do ride it out and, or you have to come down on the price a little bit.
2: Ryan, agree or disagree, and then I'll get away from this uh, this division and go to the next one.
0: No, you're good, man. Like I said, I I, I think I, I understand where Mike's coming from. Like I said, I the the only reason why I, I said a, a huge package is because every year at the deadline whoever that number one pitcher is that um, that is on the, 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 the block it's always a fairly substantial package. Whoever that number one hitter is substantial package, you're talking probably going to be the best at both at the trade deadline and he's sub-30. Like, it's pretty unheard of to be in this situation, which is, you know, just another pat on, you know, Artie Moreno and the Angels' back, that you could have a superstar of this caliber, internationally, superstar, and not be able to work on an extension before now. That, that we're just basically writing it out, hoping we make the, pl- you know, like Mike alluded to, hoping we make the playoffs and make a deep run and that suffices him to want to stay here. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's basically we're sitting at a table, all of us, and, we, you know, there's three bullets in the chamber and a six-chamber revolver, and we're just going around mm. taking turns, you know, clicking it. It's, it's, it's just silly. It really is. There's not an Angels fan that I know that hasn't been aggravated or frustrated by this whole situation. So there's also not an Angels fan that would elect to trade him if given the opportunity. But like you said, we're not the Yankees. So you have to be realistic with, you know, what you can spend and what what, what the team's willing to do. But I will tell you, if you're trying to sell a team, because that that does have to factor in, because he did try to sell the team prior to the start of the season. You guys are both you guys are both fairly smart individuals. Would you rather buy a team with an aging superstar like Trout, or would you rather buy a team with an aging superstar like Trout and a younger superstar like Otani that can front a rotation that can hit home runs? That's the only reason why I said I think you know, even if they're out of the playoffs, they would love to re sign him. It makes the team much more marketable. It makes it easier to sell. I think it's Otani's side, Otani's camp, that's gonna be the harder convinced to stay. I mean, you have to understand as long as Trout's been here, he's made the playoffs one time and there was an early exit. And 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 in, by most people's account you're talking about probably the greatest baseball player of this generation. And he's made the he's made the, the postseason one time. Rendon literally won the World Series with the Nationals, immediately signed a contract with us, and has never went back to the, the postseason. And granted, I know he's been hurt, but my point being is all that's going to be factoring into his thought process and on his side and his camp because, listen, the money is great, but – as Mike alluded to, he's going to be able to get the money anywhere he goes. You don't think if he goes to New York, he ain't going to get the money. You don't think if he goes to the Dodgers, he's not going to get the money. He's going to get the money wherever he goes. The, 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 the real question to him, I think at this point in his career is, where can I go? And they actually really want to compete for a championship, not just give lip service, but really compete for a championship.
2: We will see. But if they do trade, Minnesota, you already got rid of Reyes. You better go right to Anaheim or L.A., whatever you want to call it, and go get him, and we could start cutting this team up. Or we could start going into that farm, because I feel like we got one of the best farm systems in baseball, because we continue to feed the league anyway. So give him about four or five pieces, and we could bring Shohei right to the land of lakes. We could bring him right there. Okay. Let me get moving. To the next division. They are saying this division is the best division in baseball right now. I can't argue it. The Tampa Bay Rays, best team in baseball, 30-11. and 11. Rubber, well, they are down in this uh, series. They're down 2-1 to one in the series up against the Yankees in the Bronx right now. They can tie it going 2-2 two and two if they win today. The Baltimore Orioles, surprisingly, are 26-13 three games back. The Blue Jays are right behind them, 23-16 and 16 at this point in time, six games back. The Yankees are slowly turning this thing around. They are 23-18, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> seven games back, and uh, the Boston Red Sox are bringing up the caboose, 22-18 and 18 in the division, seven-and-a-half back, six-and-four out of their last ten. Um, I'll go to you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts within this division, how do you feel this is going? And surprisingly, Baltimore still keeping their head heavily above
3: water. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, the Orioles. You can hear me okay. I just switched. I sound okay. Um, you you got me. You can hear me okay.
0: Yeah, you're good, Mike. I
3: can hear you. Okay, all right. Uh, so Baltimore definitely has has surprised me being able to keep their head above water. Uh, some of these guys definitely coming of age. This division is a monster, and you're starting to see now the effects of this more balanced schedule because you're not having to play 18, 19 games in your division now. You're playing 13, and then you're playing everybody else in baseball. This division, everybody's above 500. Everybody's got positive run differentials. Um, listen, I, I would not be surprised to see every wild card come out of this division this year. Uh, Boston is the team that I figured would be the last place team, but at, at the same time, they're still, you know, they're not bad either. So uh, they're definitely flexing that muscle all across baseball. Uh, Tampa's absorbed some injuries and now; they got another one. Rasmussen, went down. So uh, can they? Can they? Can somebody walk them down over the course of the season? Very possible. Uh, but you know, Tampa finds a way. I don't know, man, with matchsticks and bubblegum and duct tape to piece together good teams year after year after year. Um, And they're doing it uh, once again. uh, You know, a a lot of people are people really, really you know, dumping on the Yankees, and trust me, I try not to ever miss an opportunity to do so. But the Yankees won two out of three in Tampa last weekend. And now they got two out of three against them now, like you said. uh, Ray's got a chance to even that series up, but the Yankees have been able to compete uh, with the class of that division, and at worst, they're going to come out of it having won four out of seven in in you know the a stretch the last you know what nine days or whatever so uh, ten days or whatever so they they're going they're showing that they're going to compete uh, with this with these teams in this division, and so you know they're going to be heard from uh, Toronto. The biggest thing in Toronto is Alec Manoa. Uh, I thought he was kind of back a couple weeks ago when he had a vintage Manoa performance against the Yankees, um, and then he's not. So he needs to be that ace, but he's not getting swings and misses, and he's not uh, performing to the level that was expected of him. Uh, luckily, guys like Kikuchi and other guys, uh, Chris Bassett, are, are you know holding it down for them. But at the end of the day, their ace needs to step forward and be an ace, because that offense is there between the Rangers and the uh, between the Rangers and the Blue Jays. Those, to me, by far, uh, two scariest offenses in baseball right now. So uh, they're going to match. Uh, can they pitch enough? That that's going to be the question uh, with Toronto. But listen, um, the rest of baseball, look out because you got to play the East more this year than you have had to before, and they coming through. Okay, um, interesting enough,
2: no, Mike, in the last series that they had in Tampa, the Yankees lost two. They didn't win two. They 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 won one game there, um, in which I don't know how this is going to go. I really feel like the Yankees could end up winning this game just to try to turn this thing around. It's, it's always a game in May that triggers them. It's always usually the Twins that they'll end up winning a series against, and then they just start causing mayhem in the league. If they can get this win today, the Yankees are, I, I feel like they got their teeth back in this in this schedule and going uh, to start causing mayhem because they don't have their full roster. They're still missing pieces to try to put this thing back together. Um, the Orioles have surprised me at this point in time. And um, I can't wait for the Blue Jays to catch their stride. They got enough interest in bats between Bechetti and uh, Guerrero that these guys could actually make a run to try and get involved. with the Rays are hot right now. But, the Yankees can't keep these guys cool if they could put this thing together. Last but not least, I'm actually kind of being biased and I'm gonna try and rush this as best as possible because I only have people for a short amount of time. The AL Central, the Twins are atop the division twenty-two and eighteen. The Indians are eighteen and twenty-one, three and a half back. The Tigers are seventeen and twenty-one, four games back. The White Sox are fourteen and twenty-seven, eight and a half back, and the Royals are twelve and twenty-nine, ten and a half back. People I do have two good starters in my rotation. One, I saw so much promise in last year, and then he caught COVID, and then everything fell apart, and I was extremely mad. This guy is on absolute fire this year, and the league quietly knows about him. I'm watching everything that he does. The one thing to have me frustrated with Rocco Baldelli is, like, let me see him get a complete game, please. Like, just, just a complete game. Like, you stop him after six innings and seven innings and and just, he still got gas in the tank. It's like, wow. If you guys do not know about Joseph Ryan, this guy is probably one of the best pitchers. I don't want to say the best because I feel like I put a bullseye on him, but he's one of the best pitchers in baseball right now. He is mowing people down, one of the better ERAs in the league, and he's unbeaten. He's unbeaten. Sonny Gray is another one, too. I love Sonny, but Sonny got roughed up the other day, but in which Sonny's still a dynamic pitcher on the bump regardless. If they can get another solid pitcher, I think Bailey Ober's been doing well too. But um, in some parts in games where, where he gets caught and they could shock him. But at least we got two solid pitchers in the rotation that I I love it right now. I am a big Joe Ryan fan. I think he might have stole his stardom from Max Kepler, the way I was feeling about Max. Max is falling completely apart. I don't know what to do with him. Joe Ryan, you you and Buck, you know, y'all got me right now, But I want to see how you guys feel about the central, and then I'll get away from it because I know I got to try and rush this Lakers talk in front of these guys before we start wrapping up. Oh, Mike, I'll start you first, Mike. Mike, you first. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> okay, yeah, so I definitely agree with you on on Joe Ryan. Uh, he impressed me last year, got him late in some fantasy drafts, and was very, very happy with the return on him. And Like you said, COVID kind of messed him up and derailed him. Uh, he looks to be on point. They got a lot of good young arms in that organization, too. You mentioned that farm system. Uh, impressed with them. Um, you know, looking through that division, Cleveland's got to get it going offensively. They've had some injuries to their pigeons have too. Uh, but they got to get, get it going offensively. Everybody thought, me included, it was a foregone conclusion that the Guardians were going to win the division this year. It uh, hasn't been so much. Uh, Detroit, these guys are actually performing right now. They're, you know, they – young and they 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 scrapped some uh veterans together to come in but one guy to really really look out for and is eduardo rodriguez you know we know him from his time in boston and that but he has had an incredible start to his season as well i think in his last six starts he's gone 41 innings only giving up 22 hits and six runs or something uh so He's pitching really well. The curious thing will be, do they keep him around to sort of be, uh, you know, a veteran influence to those young pitchers who are coming back like Mize and Scooball and all those guys and Matt Manning? Or do they try to strike one that aren't as hot since everybody needs pitching? And do you see you know, them trade Eduardo Rodriguez in the next couple months. So that's just, that's going to be one story to watch for in New York. But it looks like guys like Riley Green, Spencer Torgerson growing up a little bit. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, Detroit's done pretty well so far too. White Sox are kind of the same old White Sox. New manager, different thing. And uh, the Royals still got some growing to do, but I will say that Bobby Witt Jr. appears to be maturing. And Vinny Pascatino's doing a really nice job at uh, – at first base for them, and I mean they—they they still got some players, but you know they're clearly right now the last—the last place team uh, in that division.
2: Okay, Brian, anything you'd like to say about this the Central before I get away from baseball?
0: I'll just keep it short and sweet. Uh, of the Of the three divisions in the American League, uh, to, to me, the Central is the most clear cut. I, I don't I don't think that personally, I mean, everything that was said by Mike is accurate, but I, I don't think there's another team that's going to challenge the Twins in this division. If I had to name a division winner from each division, this is the division I feel the most comfortable with. Minnesota's the only team in that division that consistently plays offense and defense. Cleveland, no offense. Detroit, no defense. That. <laughs> They all, they all have a, a mixed match of parts. Some of them, you know, do one thing well, but not the other thing well. They pitch well, but they don't play no defense. Minnesota's the one team that seems to do both. And I was going to tease you with uh, with a Sonny Gray comment, but you, you threw him in there as well. But, yeah, getting out of Oakland, uh, you know, getting, <laughs> getting away from the West Coast definitely seems like it's helped him. But, you know, the one thing that's interesting about Minnesota is if you look at all – their starting pitchers and Ty I'm sure you can correct me if I'm wrong but if memory serves me correct I want to say it's the only rotation where every starting pitcher has um, a double digit K K ratio um, for the entire rotation meaning they're striking out a lot of guys helping that infield out a lot Um, and so they're not they're not facing as many balls which really helps with you know the run Run differential really helps with the runs against, and that's imperative if you look at the division standings because they've allowed the least amount of runs to this to this
3: point in that division. So, hey, real quick shout out to Jose Miranda. It's happened to a lot of guys, bro. Like he's struggling, they send him down. I expect him to catch fire, and as soon as he does. Um, he'll come back up, and I don't know that he'll ever be sent down again. So It's happened to uh, even some of the best players where they've got in the majors and then struggled and got sent back down, but I expect him, his stay at AAA to be a very short one. I think he'll get his time and his confidence back up pretty quick and be back up contributing for the Twins.
2: I'm a big Miranda fan, but uh, it was like, I want to say for like a week straight, he was getting error after error on the hot corner, and it's like, I don't want to see that happen to them. And they pull them, and they actually try to get their swagger back, too. So I feel bad about, you know, Jose being sent down. Um, Mike, you may have felt like Cleveland was going to win the division. I didn't. And I, and the crazy part about this is I know I'm a fan. Of course, I feel like Minnesota's always threatening the division because they've always been like a thorn in his team's side. The one thing that happened to the Twins, I didn't want it to happen, but I – like, I wanted it to happen, you know? Maeda is not a good pitcher for us. Like, a lot of the um, – I'm getting feedback on somebody. But um, Maeda's more or less been getting caught by a lot of uh, batters. His, his, Especially his curve. His curve is coming right across the middle of the plate, and people have been tearing him apart. And now he's out, and it's like this rotation has actually found themselves with him off of the rotation. I don't like Maeda with the Twins. It, it seems like every time he was pitching, he was losing games. And especially if we if he comes back off of the I.L. and he's going up against the Yankee team, the Yankees and them slaughter him. Don't bring him back and ruin the chemistry. Um, yeah, but I, I agree with you kind of, Bri. Like, a lot of teams within the Central, you have one team that does one thing better than the other. I think Cleveland has offense. Their defense is the questionable part because um, they can bat. Um, the, the Tigers, they can't really figure themselves out, but they did have a good stretch at one point in time in the season. And the White Sox, for them to have people like Jimenez and Anderson, you would feel like they could do more damage for the way that they are below 500. This is something that is surprising me at this point in time, but I don't care like, <laughs> as a fan in me, I don't want to see any of them get off the ground. But of course, being a Twins fan, you always see the race. It's, it's, it's a race. It's always going to be a race. Somebody's going to be in the rear view mirror and start catching up. And it's like, they're, they're game back. They're half game back. or oh, they're in a series together. And it, it, it's always that. But believe me, it happens year after year, especially if the Twins are in first. And no matter what, it never fails. They can never start smoking the division. Never, never. There's always something tight, especially when it gets close to September and definitely in October. I still can remember the series against the Tigers. The Twins were down four or five runs and they had to make one of the more miraculous ninth inning wins to win the division. A couple of times. So I've seen this too many times. Believe me, I know the story. Well, I know I got these Lakers fans here. I know they both got to run pretty soon, so I got to get these guys in and out as best as possible. I wanted to kind of feed them NFL scheduling. I wanted to hear about the Saints schedule. I wanted to hear about the Niners schedule. I can't, because I know I'm limited on time with both of these guys. How do you guys feel about the NBA playoffs right now at this point in time and what's going on with the series with the Celtics and the Sixers and winners. Like, I'm trying to rush a lot of this because I know I only got limited time. I I don't know how to do this as quick as I possibly can. Um, I'll start with you first, Brian. I'll start with you first. Uh, Your thoughts on the basketball playoffs at this point in time um, as a whole. I know I got you guys ready to go. Listen –
0: and I feel like I say this every year, but this year I really mean it. (laughs) The the basketball playoffs have been must-see TV. I mean, really, truly, must-see TV. They've been – the games have been back and forth. Speaking specifically to this series, um, tied 3-3, you know, (laughs) headed headed back to uh, Boston, Um, you know, it's – it's interesting, right? Because in most of most of those scenarios, you'd say, "Okay, well, Boston's probably going to win this. It's at home." But if you look at how this series has gone, um, you can you can make the argument that uh, Philadelphia feels pr- pretty comfortable there in Boston. Uh, they played pretty well there, and um, you know, usually all of us we have kind of a feeling one way or another. I could honestly, this is a coin flip, like. This is going to come down to who comes in early, who establishes establishes themselves, and who takes control of this game early. I mean, honestly, I think this is a coin flip game. <clears throat> it's it's gonna it's gonna be must watch TV. Um, and for those those uh, unfortunate souls that um, you know have to spend time with their mom or their their wives, and I don't mean that derogatory, but I'm just saying because of the how it falls, um, pretty, pretty, pretty horrific. But um, it, it is going to be must-see TV. Now, I do want to just real quickly, because like you said, you are short on time, I do want to just real quickly give a shout-out to my Lakers, who made it to the conference final, who made the trade that everybody was up in arms and tie. I told you at that time they're going to make the playoffs, and you said I was crazy. Um, and now they're the, the best defensive team in the playoffs, and they've had the best record since that trade. And, and what have they done? They knocked out the number two seed. They knocked out the defending champs, And everyone's like, there's no way they're going to be able to knock out the one seed.
2: We're coming. I think you got, kind of had this, like, set up in a good situation for the Lakers, too. And I can't wait to get into the thick of things that I just got a bulletin right now. Breaking news, Job Morant is suspended again. For yeah. showing a gun on camera again, I, um, I love I love this kid as a player. I love this kid as a player. If you get suspended twice for the same incident, and you know they're watching you, and you are a hundred plus million dollar player, I, I don't even know if a suspension is good enough. I, I feel like they should get rid of you for a year. And I don't even want to say it. I don't even like hearing people get suspended like that over dumb stuff. But you're not going to learn. You are still living that rebel renegade lifestyle. You are, with, And you got to see the video. I just saw the video right now. You got to see You are around clowns that are letting you do this. Who is – where is your father? Who is there to, like, help you cope with the situation? One, that's what the Lakers had to deal with out the gate. They had to deal with a team with disarray, no discipline. You got Dylan Brooks, the leader of that team, that just got basically kicked off the team, John ja Morant outside of his head, and this is another tattooing situation to his resume and career in the NBA. That is ridiculous. I just got this right now. I just got this bullet in right now. Ja. I am disgusted, and I love you as a player. Like, must-see TV. You hear Brian say must-see TV. That's must-see basketball TV. And you're doing this to your career. You're suspended. You're not even in the league right now because you guys are home for the playoffs. What type of suspension are they going to give you? Like, 20? 40, 60, the full season, like, what? That's crazy. Like, that, that's I'm, – I'm electrically mad right now. I'm electrically mad that this happened. Disgusting. Disgusting. And then um, the situation with the Warriors. I'm, I'm so mad I can't even think, right? Um, going to say? The the Warriors, they didn't have bodies to deal with Anthony Davis and LeBron at the same time. I feel like they got overpowered. Um dealing with them. And Austin Reeves is playing with a whole bunch of house money, taking shots that he wants. Steph Curry can't be him. And this is finally a team that you got a guard that knows who's in front of him to be able to attack Steph Curry. If you could attack his feet, this makes it a problem. I don't know how people were missing this recipe all the time. Steph do work on the offensive side of the ball, but on the defensive side of the ball, he gets to be one of the weaker offensive players and hides. No, somebody has to be able to attack him. Clear, clear off the court if you can, so they can go after him and wear him down. Don't let him have legs. And this is what the Lakers were able to do. This has been a successful run for the Lakers because of the team that they went up against. They went up against a young Memphis team with no leadership, no discipline, a whole bunch of kids. I'm calling y'all kids. I'm call. I don't care if you guys are over 18 or 21. You guys are children. All oh, y'all. That's, that's disgusting. That is just. I'm really mad right now. I am. I am personally mad. John Moran, because I love basketball too much to watch somebody ruin their career BSing and putting it on social for social media. Man, come on. You make too much money to be doing this. Oh, God. Brian,
3: I'm, 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 Mike, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike, please. Yeah.
2: That's just nah, funny, I
3: mean, I'm about first of all, i
0: absolutely crazy.
3: First of all, I 100% agree with you, John Moran. I just saw this in the last few minutes as well. Um, you know, I, I hate to see it. He took time away, said he was back, ready to go. And and now at the end of the day, not only has this happened again, but now you lose cred- credibility when they say you're ready to come back. So, like, I, I hate to see this. Um, you know, his father busy being a fanboy as well, and it just I, I'm like you. I'm at a loss for words. I'm very disappointed, and I'm, I'm I'm mad at this whole at this whole situation because he's such a dynamic special talent, and you just hate to see somebody. Uh, possibly throw their career away over something dumb, right? Now they the Grizzlies suspended him for they put out a statement they suspended from all basketball related activities and like you said, what? It's an off season, so. uh yeah, I hate to see this. As far as the Lakers go, man, listen, um, I had to take it all oh, year, villain. Like, what's up with your Lakers on every uh, show that we did? Um, And the barbershop and spaces on clubhouse. People can't wait to to, to jump on the Lakers, bro. And, you know, they finally – and I'll be honest with you. I said, I don't know how they're going to do it. They finally made a trade. It makes sense. They have some pieces that fit. Uh, Some fortunate circumstances, sure. But at the end of the day, made the conference final. The last team standing from the state of California. Uh, And, I mean, listen – I'm excited to, to see them relevant in the discussion. You know, I don't know what's going to happen in this Denver series because Denver's got some sides. I know that Anthony Davis has been able to make life really tough for Jokic at times uh, in the past. So we'll see uh, kind of how that turns out. But at the end of the day, you said about Austin Reeves, I feel like this whole team right now is playing with house money and and the pressure's off. So uh, let's see what happens, though. I got a bet, but I appreciate you, TP. Much love to sports, man.
2: Definitely. And another thing about the Lakers, too, Dennis Schroeder was able to frustrate uh, Steph Curry as best as possible, not getting out of his chest and playing good defense as best as he possibly could. So a lot of things went to the Lakers' favor, and um, I've I've, I've had it with the – the Klay Thompson thing. Klay Thompson feels like okay, I'm gonna just hover around and go crazy game six, and he tried to pull it in his last game, and it just didn't work. It didn't work, and um, I feel like they overrate his defense a lot. He tries to come into the game and defend the best player. A lot of these players are taking him. Um, that's not they can't hide him anymore. Just just because he's six seven and long, and can just stay in front of some people, he still picks up fouls, and and it, and it hurts the team. He puts people at the line. And all he is is a three-point launcher. If you could survive his barrage, he—he's actually kind of powerless. So I kind of—it kind of bums me out to say this because I'm—I'm a, I'm a basketball purist. I love basketball. That dynasty may be done. I think Steph and them stop at four. Um, if they can get the dynamic going, it's fine. But for Jordan Poole to be pulling that hissy fit right now in the middle of the, the play, in the middle of the series where they need him to be the extra piece or the X factor. He pulled that. I know they will end up getting rid of him. Draymond Green, I know that's a situation that they've been far along thinking about if they keep him or, or get rid of him. This may be the death of the dynasty of them losing to the Lakers at this point in time. This was critical uh, of of a loss to Golden State. You may see this break apart. They are going to keep Steph for sure, but I don't know how many other pieces stay. I know Jordan Poole will go. I think Draymond may be a questionable piece to keep. Um, I think Andre Iguodala will end up retiring because of his age. Klay Thompson is a question mark. He's up there in age, too, and, and damaged as ever. So this may really be the death of the dynasty in San Francisco. Um, your thoughts, Brian? Listen, you – I'm not, I'm not going to rush
0: out to say this is the death of, of a dynasty. I mean, let, let's, let's put things in perspective. This is the first time under Steve Kerr that the Golden State Warriors made the playoffs and did not make the finals. So, um, I mean, this this has been a ridiculously successful um, franchise. They um, have played extremely well together. I acknowledge everything you said, but call it the homer in me. I think that this series was much more about what the Lakers did do than what Golden State did not do. And while I have the opportunity, we just got on a young guy in Morant for questionable behavior. I want to, I want to give, a, give a little love to Lonnie Walker, a guy who started the year as a starter and ended up, after all the trades, being a guy off the bench. And basically, I'm going to go ahead and say it, basically game four and game six secured the win for us. Uh, the game was super pivotal, game four. You know, is it going to be tied 2-2 heading back to Golden State? He drops 15 points in the fourth quarter um, and literally took over that game. And the Lakers have not had guys that can score on their bench, and I can't even tell you how long. You know, listen, you know, we'll talk about it the next show, but KCP – who we're going to see next in Denver, that's probably how long it's since we've had somebody who could score from the bench. And that's from the last championship squad. So it's good to see that the Lakers have some versatility. It's good to see that the Lakers play defense. It's good to see that they hustle and play together. But I'm just going to say this, and I know Mikey alluded to this. Anybody who thinks that, you know, Joe Kick is, is going to have an easy time is wrong. You're talking about two big men and I would give the athleticism advantage wholeheartedly to Anthony Davis. I think I think Yoki is gonna have his hands full, and I think the real question is who steps up after him? Um his his name's eluding me right now and I apologize. I believe it's Brown, but the point guard, the last time they were in the playoffs Jamal Murray. Uh, I know I know he was thank you. Uh, I, I know he had an unbelievable, you know. Unbelievable run, but we haven't seen that guy. That guy, has been, <laughs> that guy has been MIA. He's a streaky shooter at best, and as you just mentioned, Ty, streaky shooter a la Clay Thompson, who most people would agree is probably a better shooter. If you think that joking and a streaky shooter is going to get it done, you guys are going to have problems. And then the final question, Ty, who, who's going to guard LeBron James, especially if he plays like he did in games, five and six and actually attacks the paint who's going to guard him because the last two games he had an all nba defensive player in brooks and wiggins who's a much better defender than gordon is who's going to guard lebron james in the series i'm telling you i'm feeling pretty good about our odds
2: um i agree with you on one part the rest of it i question a lot of um the one part that I do agree with is Anthony Davis will give Jokic all he can handle. Every time that they've met up, Anthony Davis is the one that bothers Jokic. All we have to worry about is if Anthony Davis can stay healthy. I really think the Lakers are going to the finals now. I really feel like they got enough to get past Denver. I don't think Denver can do it. However, on, <clears> we have, we, they have have on hold, day, hold, right? on, hold on, on. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Let me go. Let me go. So, the parts that I do disagree with is Denver has enough body to throw at LeBron. Um, They have Jeff green. They have Michael Porter jr. And they have Gordon. It's not just one guy that has to be LeBron. They have, they have a wave of guys that are at least near his size. I'm not saying that they are LeBron size and not as athletic, but athletic enough to be there. And plus KCP kind of knows these guys to being a former Laker too. So this what makes it interesting. And, do not, and I repeat, do not call Jamal Murray a streaky shooter. This guy has been the ammunition outside of Jokic. He has not failed him. If you don't go look at his stats for the playoffs, you have another thing coming. Jamal Murray has been the one tattooing teams up until this point. Every game he has had his imprint on his game, taking tough shot after tough shot. It hasn't been a stretch where he's gone with a, an eight-point game or 11-point game, he has actually been getting 20-point games. Like, he is monster-mashing a lot of guards. And I think Austin Reed, Schroeder alike, have their hands full of dealing with the guy on a, a warpath, especially after tearing his knee up in that bubble. But that was their run right there. The Nuggets were doing good. He tore his knee up. The Nuggets went straight out of the playoffs, And he was out of basketball for two years. This is his redemption role right now. If he, If the Nuggets are to get past the Lakers, this is everything for him because that's when it all left him in the bubble when the Lakers won the championship. This is interesting to watch because it could be won in the backcourt and not in the frontcourt with LeBron and AD. If them guards can actually win the battle, they, they can put the, they can actually leave Jokic at ease and, and help him. But Jokic is the one that you got to watch now. Before with all Jokic, Jokic is the, the power. Right now, Jokic has to stand his ground not getting foul trouble and, and don't let AD have those uh I wanna be fair with numbers. Don't let A D have those twenty five plus points and twelve plus rebounds nights. Nice. He can't he can't let that happen. It's gonna to be tough. His hands are full, but they paid you two hundred and sixty nine million dollars for this situation right here. So um again, I agree with you with the A D Jokic matchup. That that is something to watch all series long. But the rest of it I, I, I debate it. I do debate it. Um Brian I'll let you respond and then we'll start closing hey that's what that's what makes the world turn you're
0: more than welcome to disagree Um, you know what the the nice thing is this game will be played out in front of millions of people and everybody's going to be able to see what how it transpires does it transpire the way you say does it transpire the way that I say like I said since the trade Lakers have had the best the best record in the entire NBA, and they've been the best defensive team. And I, I, I just, I don't think that that's going to change. I keep hearing people say, "Oh, well, Father Time's going to catch up to LeBron." You know, he's gonna he's gonna slow down. He's playing a lot of minutes. If you think, quote unquote, chasing Jordan, that now in the conference finals that he's going to slow down, you don't know LeBron.
2: I don't even think that's his his, uh, his goal anymore. I don't think he's changing Jordan. If so, then I think it's his championship total. Right now, I, I just feel like he's trying to do the best that he can with his Lakers roster. But um, roster for roster, I feel like Denver has it. But experience-wise, I, I feel LeBron's experience from him playing since 04 gives him a heavy amount of experience at this point in time. I, I feel like that helps them at this point in time. But just like you said, we got to see it be played out. If the Nuggets can overcome what I just said, if if Jokic could stay out of foul trouble and actually make it difficult for Anthony Davis, the Lakers are in a whole bunch of trouble. Another thing I wanted to say about the topic that we just left, the reason why I say the death of the dynasty, the Warriors were losing so bad on the road that this year they had an 11-game losing losing streak on the road. Um, it doesn't get better as they get older. Um, and if they're starting to lose pieces in, in their X-Factor players and... They got rid of Wiseman and all of these guys. I I don't know how this this works. I, I don't know. They they're gonna have to go into this draft and pick up another stud. I don't think Dante DiVincenzo is the guy to help carry it. He's a piece to keep there, but we'll see how Up and Kerr and and the rest of the staff stays t- together along with the roster also. So, but this is this is all California Western Conference basketball at its best. I still feel like it's premium. Um, the game today between the. Visiting Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics. This is a tough one. Brian, I'll let you pick this game, and then we'll start closing out. Give me your pick on the game. Plug, close, out shout out as we close it down. Brian, I'm not sure well, if you can
0: Sorry, I had it muted. Um, like I told you, I, I, I truly, honestly think uh, it's a coin flip. I <laughs> so really do. Um, if if you know if if I, if I had to if I had to uh, guess, as much as I love the way uh, Embiid steps up and, and kind of takes on a challenge, I'm I'm hard pressed to go against uh, Tatum and Brown uh, and, and those boys. So I, I got to go with Boston at home, and I think it's going to be super close. I wouldn't even be surprised high if it goes into overtime. I just want to say thanks to Sports City for giving me the opportunity to come on today and talk with you and um, always appreciate the content. Even when I'm not able to come on, I definitely listen to the shows afterwards. People download those shows and listen to them later. So keep up the great work, boys and uh, ladies, and uh, keep making the content. Thanks, Ty. God
2: bless. Thank you, sir. Happy Mother's Day to everyone that's Related to the Hughes family, regardless. Um, this is tough for me. This pick right here is so tough. Um, I'm going to say this, poor city. I'm going Philly. The reason why I'm going Philly is if Doc Rivers loses this game today and where everything went right for him in Boston, where he got his lone championship. He will be fired this month, I think. I think if he loses today, I think he doesn't make it past the month of June. He's done. He's gone through so many postseasons and not been able to get it done, losing right here at the doorstep, losing right here at the doorstep, losing right here at the doorstep. There's not too many more paths he could go through, especially the way game six went down where they were supposed to close out in Philadelphia and Boston went in there with the never say die attitude, blood on their lips and had everything going their way. Jason Tatum having three points at this point in time, and in the fourth quarter just went absolutely haywire. If Boston wins game seven, and it's a tough situation with Doc Rivers because he's in Boston, he's on the road, he's gone. And, and Philly will have to press a reset a button on the, at least the coaching staff. I don't know if they start getting rid of players like James Harden. i got a lot of people saying, yeah, James Harden won't be there after today if they lose her. I think they don't get rid of Harden. I think Harden still remains. But I think Glenn Doc Rivers will be gone from that organization. So I'm going to go Philly. Um, even though I feel like the Celtics at home should be pretty comfortable, but that's the one thing that I'm worried about is if the Celtics get too comfortable, too lax in the garden. That can happen. Philly has stole game five watching them do that. So stole game one in the garden doing that as well. What would be icing on the cake? to be a Philadelphia team to go into the bean town and steal it again for the third time in Massachusetts. It, it all sets up for the best theater in sports. Believe me, as Danny DeVito said, the best theater ever, basketball, best sport, hoop. I, I mean, I love it. Regardless, man, this this is how I feel. You got you to gotta feel me. You got to trust me. I, I don't know. If you feel some type of way, come up here and talk to me about it. Sports City Chefs, y'all got to be around here all week long. We got stuff going on from the front office to the cookout to the gumbo and right back here with yours truly here at the brunch. you already know how this go down. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again, and if they don't know, now they know. Sports City,
1: Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports, sport chef. sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs.
2: The kid,
3: ah. Uh.